the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome again to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal himself here in studio once again. Larry, how are you? Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Um, and good morning, Bob, as well. Bob in the bottom there. If you're watching this on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube as we're here every week, and if you were here with us earlier during the week during the webinar, that was a fun time as well. That was, boy, lots to talk about. The webinar last week and the stock market this week and and all kinds of stuff. So good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm your host, Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on Sirius XM Channel 131 Family Talk across the country, as well as locally in the D.C. Baltimore area on WAVA 105.1 FM. It is Open Mic Saturday, Saturday morning. That means no questions barred at all. Whatever's on your mind about the economy, the markets, the debt ceiling, the your retirement plans, insurance, estate planning, wealth management, charitable giving, whatever's on your mind today, give us a ring. It's open mic Saturday, 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. Yep, that's 855-767-3123. Well, what an interesting week that we had this week in the markets, you know, <clears throat> up and down, just end up right back where we where we left off just about. The markets seem to be doing exactly what they they have always done in the past when they're waiting for clarity of direction. OK, they're slowing down. They're stuck in between a trading range, you know, 4,000 on the S&P up at the ceiling and a resistance level, you know, a support level of maybe 3850, somewhere in that zone, 3875, somewhere around there between that and 4,000. Why? Why is the market bouncing up and down within this trading range? Simply 
the market needs clarity of direction, which is coming. It's coming. And that clarity of direction is going to come from the Federal Reserve. The Fed's going to meet again January 31st and February 1st. February 1st, they're most likely going to announce a 25 basis point rate hike or a quarter point, And then they meet again March 4th. That's the question. Are they going to pause at that point, or are they going to raise another quarter point at, at that particular point? The Fed's there. The Fed is almost there, okay? Now, we're seeing all kinds of, of predictions from, from economists all across the spectrum. We've got people that are saying no recession, soft but bumpy landing, we're going to be okay. We've got other people saying uh, doom and gloom recession, okay, and everywhere in the middle. Consensus seems to be very short, very small, not a big deal type of a recession, type of a pullback. Unemployment sitting at 3.5% right now. We started seeing a lot of technology companies lay off employees this past couple of weeks. We're going to start seeing more and more layoffs across the system, across different industries. What does this mean? What, is this, what does this do for inflation? It's actually positive for inflation. It's very unfortunate, without a doubt, for people that do lose their jobs. It, it is not good from that standpoint. But it does ease wage pressure, which will bring down inflation pressures because two-thirds of the economy is built by, you know, you and I as consumers spending money, right? So, so it, there, there could be a slight rise in unemployment, and that's the bad news with all of this, right? There are still plenty of jobs out there to be had. So that's going to be kind of an interesting scenario on people moving to different, different jobs, different locations and stuff like that. Uh, but <clears throat> when you take a look at it, where we are, we're almost there, okay? And we covered a lot of this in our webinar this past week. We had a, a, a webinar on Thursday this past week on the 19th. Uh, at noon and then at 6 p.m. again, uh, lots of people on it from all all across the country. And we, we actually put up some charts that shows the history of when the Federal Reserve is in a rate-rising cycle like they are now, and then they pause, they stop. And then what happens the following, you know, within the following year of the markets? You know, in, in all samplings of that, except for one, we saw double-digit returns. So, you know, a lot of things are lining up here, but we're just not there yet. The markets need a little bit more clarity of direction. If you're looking at things from a technical standpoint of where the market is right now, we're seeing a lot of put selling, cover call writing and stuff at certain levels, which are a very bullish sign in the marketplace. And I'm not going to go, go into the whole uh, option thing on, on, on all that stuff, but, but lots of different, again, opinions and market action. But we're still not there. We need to get there. February 1st, March 4th uh, are going to be some of the big days as far as all that goes. China's reopening. China's uh, economy, it looks like it's starting to expand again. Now, that could be inflationary pressures around the world as they start to spend. Uh, but, but it also, you know, their GDP uh, is starting to expand and grow. So, so that's a good, good sign of, of, of things uh, to come. When you look at the components that make up inflation, okay, uh, one of them is housing. And housing's broken into two parts, you know, the cost of a new of a new housing unit, whether it's an individual house, a townhouse, condo, whatever it may be, as well as rents. And we're start and we just saw here in December, we just got the numbers out this past week. In December, housing sales have fallen for the eleventh straight month, and we're starting to see that come across uh, across the country, starting to see housing prices soften. 
And soon we're going to start to see rents come down, and that's going to be a big driver to to push down inflation pressure. Isn't that well. because they're kind of priced out of being able to buy one because of the uh, you know high interest rates? So the the interest rates, um, you know, the the interest rates when 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 you see if if we had sort of equilibrium in houses, Chris. In other words, if we had the appropriate number of supply given the demand that's in the marketplace for houses, and interest rates went up. Basically, that would mean instead of getting a three-car garage, somebody would get a two-car garage. They'd still buy the house, though, is what you're saying. They're still going to buy the house at that point, but just not as big a footprint of a house. Now, we still have inventory that's under. We we still have less inventory given the demand, and that even though though interest rates have been rising in, in 2022, we're still seeing that demand come into the marketplace. They're just huh. getting lower, lower footprint, uh, you know, smaller homes, but we're still seeing that demand. That demand is going to start to wane a little bit, okay? But raising interest rates does make people stop and pull back. We are seeing that, but there are still a large number of millennials, 27 to 34 years old, that are still in that zone of, hey, you know what, we, need to, get get a house. we yeah. need to get started, we need to go get a house, and things like that. So so you're still seeing a lot of construction going on. It is slowing a little bit, but... Um, well, you always talk about that. You always talk about the fact that there are so many industries that are really dependent on the housing industry. I mean, you've got... You know, well, the housing industry, Chris, is the greatest multiplier effect in our economy. Yeah. You know, if you stop and think about this, if you were to go buy a T-shirt at the, at the local T-shirt store, what are, all the, what are all the things that has to go into that T-shirt, right? You need transportation. You need raw materials. You need insurance to cover the employees. You need a place to sell it, right? Mm-hmm. But what about a house? Look at everything that goes into the cost of the house. Again, you need transportation. You need insurance to cover the employees, right? You need all different types of building materials. You need carpeting. You need nails. You need glue. Oh, yeah. You need paint. You need wood, brick, mortar, steel, roofing materials, right? You need you need uh, water lines, electricity lines. You have all different industries that actually touch the construction of a home. And so that is a fantastic multiplying effect across you know across everything and then in addition to that a new home also does what something different that a t-shirt doesn't do a t-shirt does not increase our tax base but a new home increases our tax base mm-hmm. so it also drives revenue to to the local governments right and that enables that and that enables them to put out schools and parks and things like that so it's a major multiplying effect that's why it's always watched so closely hence the huge problem in 2008 when we had that big crash is i mean it it really has ripple effect across the economy it does it does you know and and real estate is just like any type of an asset class right it goes up and down and and it's funny it's one of the things i wanted to talk about today let's let's just Let's just jump in and, and you know, we're, I see what it's it's all it's almost quarter after. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about one of the subjects that I actually wanted to talk about today, which is real estate in your retirement picture. How do you plan for real estate in your retirement picture? We're going to t- we're going to talk about that this morning. Let's open up the phone lines. Give us a ring this morning with any of your financial planning or investment questions, estate planning, whatever's on your mind today, taxes, insurance, whatever's going on in your in your life today. Let's let's get you some answers here. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show, and we'll be back in a moment.
You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal here on YouTube and on WAVA and on Sirius XM and various other places throughout the country. Make sure that you join us on YouTube and subscribe and hit that bell so that you'll know when we're putting out new stuff. Larry? Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I was, uh, anyway, playing with some technology here. Sorry about that. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. Hey, you know, we wanted to talk about real estate in your retirement picture. How do you plan for that? What 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 do you need to do with real estate? I was speaking with a client earlier this week, and we're, we're running through their financial plan, and it looks good and everything, and, and we're talking about you know their assets distributing income back to them during retirement years, and they said, well, well where's our house in this? How does our house play into it? And I said, well, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't play into it. And they said, well, you know, we've got this equity in our home. I said, I know, I know. I said, if you look at your balance sheet, there's the equity in your home. You see the value of your house and the equity in your home, right? Okay, but when you switch over and you take a look at retirement income planning on that page of the financial plan, there's no mention of home equity because if you're going to turn your home equity into income during retirement years, what do you have to do to it? You have to either sell your house, right, and get the cash. You have to rent out your basement and turn it into a rental unit, right, okay, or you have to take a loan against it somehow, okay, so, so you don't include home equity in your financial plan in retirement. Now, the second step of that is, well, what happens if you say, well, you know, at age 70, we plan on selling the house and doing what's called a trade-down, where we're going to buy a less expensive home. So maybe your house, house is worth $800,000, okay, and you, you sell your home, and then you go, uh, and let's say it's paid for, and now you go buy a home for $400,000. Now you cash out those dollars. 
Now you can include that money inside of your home, inside of your retirement plan, because you actually have a plan in place as to what you want to try to do with it. But a lot of times people get confused as to how do you plan for retirement using your home equity, and, and you don't because it's sitting inside wood, bricks, mortar, and steel. You know, The only way that you can actually uh, turn your equity into income is to separate it from your property. Like I said, loans, sales, rents, that type of a scenario. So it is, it is an asset there. But then you also have to take a look from an estate planning perspective as well because the conversation went on into estate planning. What do we do with the home? Okay. Well, suppose you have you know three children. One wants to move into it. One wants to rent it. And one wants to sell it. Now what do you need to do? So that's where maybe a trust would come involved with this with this type of a plan. So, so yes, home equity looks fabulous. It looks strong on the balance sheet of a financial plan, but it's not going to turn. It's not going to help supplement your retirement income needs to cover your expenses. So, just make sure that you understand when you're looking at your net worth. That's one column. When you're looking at what can produce income for you during retirement years, that's a completely separate column. And a lot of people get those two confused a lot of times. So we separate that out and explain that to clients there. Hey, if you want to check out how a financial plan really looks, go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and you can click on the first page there. We've got a little tiny demo for about 30 seconds or so that just sort of demonstrates a, a proper usage of a financial plan. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe. Follow us on uh, Facebook as well as as on our YouTube, you can go to LarryRosenthal.tv. Check us out on YouTube. We started a new YouTube channel. We've got some subscribers that are building each week. Uh, you can watch us do the show live every single Saturday morning from uh, 9 to 10 Eastern. That's LarryRosenthal.tv. Go ahead and sign up for our newsletter as well while you're on the website. So we'd like to send out tons of information. Well, once a month, we'll send out a newsletter. We're not sending out tons of information. We will not blow up your inbox, that's for sure. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we've got a library of resources on the website that you can use you know, to, 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 to gain any education as far as all that goes. Chris, you mentioned the webinar this past week. I want to talk a little bit about it. Some of the questions that were posed on the webinar, you know, the, the webinar was more of a market commentary and update. We've been doing these monthly. And then we follow up with with uh, some some education material. And this past uh, Thursday, what we did was a market and economic update on where we are now and hopefully what it looks like down the road and around the corner a little bit, as well as we went through and we sort of unpacked the new legislation of the Secure Act 2.0. And and one of the themes that sort of came out of that was there was there was a handful of changes in the tax code that's allowing uh, the Roth IRA to have a more predominant place in financial planning, which, you know, a lot of people are still out there questioning the Roth. You know, well, is it going to stay? Or what are we going to do if they change it? It's been around since 1995 or 96, I think, okay? So it's been around quite a long time, all right? And, and this 2.0 really cements it further into investment strategies. There's a lot of opportunity here to move money from the taxable side of your of your of your financial plan to the tax free side of your financial plan by understanding some of the new changes in the Secure Act 2.0 that enhance Roth opportunities. And so we went through and we talked a lot about that. One of them 
uh, is is a big change. <clears throat> now, it comes with a slight tax increase, but it's a big opportunity if you do this correctly. For people that are making, and this starts this this starts soon, okay, this starts now in 2023, but it's going to take a while for payroll companies to catch up to it. And basically what this is, is, it's, is if you're 50 and over and you're putting money into your catch-up piece of your 401K or the government TSP or something like that, and you're saying, hey, I want to do this extra catch-up this year of $7,000, then it used to be in the past that you could put that on the pre-tax side of the contribution into the retirement plan, 401K, government TSP, 403B plan, whatever it may be, okay? You were allowed to put it on the pre-tax side. Now, if you make more than $145,000 in the prior calendar year, you must put that on the Roth side. So the employer has to match that on the Roth side. So, so uh, I'm sorry, you have to put it on the Roth side. So in one sense, it gives you an extra little tax increase because you can't put it pre-tax. But on top of that, you can also now direct your employers, you can direct your employers to make their matching contributions on the Roth side. And this is where the payroll companies have to catch up quickly on this. This is fabulous because it used to be that the employers could only put money on the pre-tax side. So now there's lots of opportunity to move money to the to the Roth side of the ledger. And this opens up the conversation. One of the things that we, I had a couple slides on that I wanted to talk about today is tax allocation strategy. You may have heard me talk about this from time to time over the years as legislation has changed. But but it's important to really I, I was sitting down with somebody earlier this week talking about the differences between asset allocation, product allocation, and tax allocation. Let me just break that down real quick. Asset allocation is making sure you have, you know, money invested in different places. And a client of mine said, she said, oh, so don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? I said, that's exactly right, okay? You want some money in, in small cap stocks, large cap stocks, bonds, international, whatever it may be. You want money diversified and spread around. That's asset allocation. The second thing is product allocation. Every single product out there, whether it's a mutual fund or an annuity or an, uh, an ETF, or an individual stock, or a bond, or a bond ladder, or a closed-end fund, or whatever it is out there that's inside your investment account, they all have pros and cons to them, okay? So there's disadvantages of mutual funds that ETFs bring to the table. There's disadvantages of ETFs that mutual funds bring to the table. So you need to have product allocation, okay? You need, so, so, so asset allocation, product allocation, and the Secure Act 2.0 is really enhancing and is bringing much more light on the on the subject matter of tax allocation strategies. Tax allocation strategies. We put the slide. We put a couple slides up in the webinar that talked about this. You know, the IRS, Chris, views our money through four different tax lenses. I want to give them some sunglasses. Would that be okay? Yeah, give them some sunglasses. Take the light off of the taxes, right? (laughs) That's right. Okay, but and so it's important to understand how much money you need to put away pre-tax, how much money post-tax on the Roth. All this kind of stuff. There's four different tax buckets or tax streams or tax lanes down the highway in order to get down the road through college funding, through retirement planning, through legacy planning, passing assets on to heirs and charities and things like that. If you want to get a copy of the tax allocation strategies that we went over, give us a ring this morning, 855-ROSE-123, or simply just go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, shoot us off an email. You know, on Monday and Tuesday mornings, we get a lot of emails that people say, hey, I heard you 
talking about this. Can you send that over? I heard you talking about that. Can you send this over too? So we're happy to send out all this information to you all, so not a problem at all. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. Give us a call this morning if you have any questions on anything at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. We'd love to hear from you at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. To talk to that guy, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, it's... Uh, Larry Rosenthal, uh, what is it? It's, uh, Larry, it's youtube.com slash the Larry Rosenthal dot show and Larry Rosenthal dot TV. Larry. That's a mouthful, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> well. Pretty good, though. Pretty good, though. Hey, you know, in Ecclesiastes 510, it says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. And you flip backwards a little bit into Psalms 24.1. It says, the earth is the Lord is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, right? And then Jesus went on to say in the Sermon on the Mount, render, or or in Matthew, excuse me, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto the Lord what is the Lord's, right? So we're talking about tax allocation strategies. We have to understand who owns it all to begin with. God does. What does he want us to do with it? He's pleased with good stewardship, right? Okay? And if you exasperate yourself trying to get rich, trying to get more and more and more, isn't that a form of idolatry, right? We need to understand the blessings that the Lord's given us with and be good stewards of those dollars, right? And then now let's take a look at tax allocation strategies, right? So so in looking at tax planning type things in investing, we need to understand the different buckets that the IRS views our money in. We need to understand tax-sensitive investing, things that are that are tax efficient inside your investment accounts, things that enable you to do strategies each year. We're going to go down this list. I've got a list of these things that I want to talk about. But first, let's go ahead and welcome Janet on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Janet. How are you today? You there, Janet? Well, 
I hear us in the background there. So I hear there something. we go. Hey, Janet. I think yeah. you're listening to your radio there. You got to listen to us on hold there or on the phone because you'll get a little confused. How can we help you? Well, I'll put her back on hold, Chris. You do your thing, and yeah. I'll just continue here, right? We go. were talking about some tax planning strategies. Uh, one of the scenarios is tax-sensitive investing. And, and what do we mean by tax-sensitive investing? Well, let's just take a an investment account that's not an IRA. It's not growing tax-deferred, right? It's just a regular brokerage account, not an IRA, nothing of a tax-deferred vehicle involved whatsoever. And you've got it. You take a look at at the different types of investments that can go in there, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, you know, ETFs, all different types of, of products. Some of them are designed to give you high dividends, high, high dividend yields. That becomes taxable to you. In a non-IRA type of an account, a high dividend-paying stock may be something like, you know, 6 7 8% yield or something like that. You probably want to move that into one of your tax sheltering vehicles like an IRA, traditional IRA, Roth IRA, something of that nature, because every time you, you receive that dividend or that capital gain, it becomes taxable to you. Now, there are some products out there that that's a good thing on some. It's an unnecessary thing. So, so a lot of people have shifted over to ETFs so that you don't have to pay that that tax each year on that uh, dividend that comes in. Pros and cons to that as well, okay, because down the road eventually when you go to sell it off, there could be a a larger tax at that particular point in time. One of the things, too, that that people need to do, we did a lot of this last year of, of, of tax harvesting, is when markets are under pressure like this, you want to take a look at at, at reviewing your cost basis in your non-IRA type of an account. Because if, if you're able to, to sell off an asset and that maybe that asset has a loss associated to it and then immediately buy another asset, one that satisfies the wash rule so that you don't get – so that it counts, you can have a deduction, either short or long term on your capital gains and, and still stay invested in the market, just another section of the market. And this is a wise thing to be looking at doing, especially even now. That, that, that the markets are still down from last, from 2021's highs. We're not back there yet, okay? But the markets are climbing that wall of worry, that's for sure, uh, to get back there. But my point is still take a look at doing tax harvesting because somewhere down the road you'll have this booked as an asset on your tax return to be able to help offset future taxes for yourself down the road. So let's welcome Janet back on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Janet. Are you there? Yes. My question is um – if current mortgage uh, towards retirement years uh, are a good thing, or I just want to know if it makes sense. Janet, there, that's a great question, and and that really deals into your own personal financial plan. And, and let me break this down for you. First of all, there's nine different ways that you can attack this question. I used to teach a class on the nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home. And I've seen people... Um, re- desire to have a, a large mortgage in retirement for tax purposes. And I've seen people say, nope, we want no mortgage at all. I want the home paid for. Now, personally, I'm a big fan of as little debt as possible, okay? Um, now, 
sometimes it's 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 good for people to have a small manageable mortgage in retirement as well for example think of it like this let's suppose that that we run out all of your numbers and we look at your financial plan and you say you know what i want to have my home paid for and i'll just make an example here let's say your home is worth five hundred thousand dollars and you do everything that you can to get this home paid for and now you've got this home paid for in retirement but you don't have any cash. Maybe you have you know, $25,000 in the bank or in investments, but you've got this home worth $500,000 that's paid for. That's a scenario where you might be house rich and cash poor because you still have to make payments on that home. You still have insurance and taxes too. It's never free for us down the road. So the answer to your question is if you want to have your home paid for in retirement, then let's make sure that we have an adequate amount of cash to go to the beach with the grandkids and and to do different things in your retirement years. Sometimes you may have a small manageable mortgage where your your mortgage payment might be you know only a few you know four or five hundred dollars a month, and then at that point you're able to have a hundred two hundred thousand dollars outside the home things like that. So it just depends on interest rates at the time as well. So so the answer to your question. Is is it wise to carry a mortgage in retirement? For some, it is, and it's used as a planning per, uh, from a financial planning perspective. And for others, no. So it really boils down to more of a personal uh, situation. Uh, personally, I'm a bigger fan of of as little debt as possible. That's just me, okay. But there are reasons for for somebody to carry a small manageable mortgage or, in some cases, a very large one in retirement years. So if you like, I'll be happy to get some information out to you on this and and have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and step you through some of these processes on how it would work best for you and your family. I can put you on hold here, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll uh, send you out some information. Would that be okay? I think Bob already has my information. Okay. Well, then we'll have somebody reach out to you with this information. So I appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. So another thing in looking at the different types of tax strategies in retirement years, we have this question. This is one of the most frequently asked questions is, hey, I want to convert my IRA to the Roth. Okay, let's look at it. And people think, yeah, I'm just going to convert it. Maybe they got $300,000 in their IRA, and they say, you know what, I want to go ahead and convert it all. Well, wait a second here. Let's slow down, okay? When you make a conversion from traditional IRA to Roth, uh, and, and I know I talked a little bit about this last week, but but this is a and I this is something that people uh, we need to share this with everybody. This hasn't been shared with everybody correctly because people forget that you have to pay taxes. When you convert something from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, you have to pay taxes on that conversion that particular year. So what happens is people end up with series of little Roth conversions over over during their retirement years. You might convert $7,500 this year. You might convert $72,000 next year. Just playing the tax code game. You also want to be aware of your IRMA tax for Medicare and all different types of scenarios there in retirement years when you're looking at making conversions. Now, the SECURE Act 2.0 came out with something pretty neat, pretty neat, okay, that if you have a 529, that's right, a 529 college savings plan that's 15 years or old, old or older, 
you can you can roll that. The word is rolled, not convert. So you can roll that into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary up to a lifetime max of $35,000, and you can't concede the, you can't exceed the annual contribution each year. This is a huge change. This is going to change college planning, okay? This is going to change retirement planning as well. Do you know how many people are out there who have saved money for their kids and their grandkids in, college for, in a 529 plan, and the child says, you know what, for whatever reason, I'm not going to go to school. I'm going to go do this, that, or the other instead. And now the people are sitting there with this, this bucket of money, if they pull it out, they've got to pay taxes plus an additional 10% penalty. Now you can roll up to $35,000 of that and start towards retirement planning. So it's a huge opportunity. It really is. It's going to change the way people actually fund college. Think about this for a second, okay? What happens if somebody gets a scholarship and you've got money in a 529 plan? Wow, that can move, a lot of it can roll over to a Roth IRA. Or what happens if somebody gets down the road and they're ready to go to college, you've got all this money in a 529 plan, and you say, you know what, why don't we take out a loan? Why don't we find another source to pay for college and move this pile of money, uh, again, up to the limits, into the Roth IRA? So some huge opportunities there, and I'm telling you, it's going to change college planning and retirement planning to kick people off. So... Uh, d- down the road, so pretty interesting stuff when it when it comes to all of that. So Roth IRA is going to be a big part of these tax enhancements in there. And again, we're talking about tax allocation strategies here, understanding how to move money and and there's there's a big movement. I'm telling you, there's there's a big movement across the country from clients that are wanting to systematically move more and more money over time. Little bits of a year, uh, uh, little tiny bits a year, but over time, aggregately, getting more and more money to the Roth side of the world. Okay, uh, it does. One, it, you don't have to take your RMDs when you're 73 years old. You can pass the assets on income tax free to your heirs, and you can also enjoy some tax free supplemental retirement income as well. So, so why why would you component. you talk about having uh, money on both sides of the the equation, the Roth IRA and the traditional IRAs. Uh, it, what's the reason for that? I mean, wouldn't everybody want to be tax-free at the end? I mean, everybody wants to be tax-free at the end, Chris. That's exactly right. But let's take a look at how this plays out, okay? You go to work, you get a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. And then you give your, your 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 CPA says, "Hey, you know, if you can if you would put money into this program here, you will save money this year on your tax return." Okay? So if you stop and think about it, you're driving down the road, okay? <laughs> you're driving down the road. You're in the car. You're driving down the road. And the CPA's sitting there looking in your rearview mirror, telling you what you've done in the past, saying, hey, if you do this, I can save you money today. I'm not worried about the future. I'm trained to save you money this year, hmm. okay? So I recognize, hey, if you put money in a pre-tax position this year, which I'm a fan of, okay? I'm one of those people that like money on both sides. Of the aisle. So, so if you if you put money in a pre-tax contribution this year, you save money today. You get that tax deduction today. Nobody can ever take it away from you. You're probably you in a higher bracket. You're probably in a higher bracket too. I mean, it could change. You but. could be in a higher bracket today, so therefore you may want to take that deduction today, right? Got it. Okay, but yet when you go down the road and you're not there yet, come talk to some of my clients that are 73 years old and they're forced to take these required minimum distributions and they don't want them. And they're going, I got to pull all this money out and pay all this tax and I don't even want the money. 
okay? Yeah. And other people are going, hey, I need the money, and i got to pull it out. And I'm really not in that much of a lower tax bracket because over the years, tax brackets have widened, okay, or they've changed up and down. One thing's for sure, taxes are always going to go up and down within a certain range. They will, okay? So, so when, you, when you get down the road in retirement years, you would like to click your heels today, together and basically say, hey, you know what? <laughs> I wish everything was tax-free. Yeah. But then that means you would have given up all your tax deductions all along the way, okay? So so when you sit down and you take a look at this planning, there's, there's you know, I, I, if I brought in 100 financial advisors into the studio this morning from across the country, a third of them would say, nope, Larry, we want you to put all the money up front, pre-tax, take your deduction today. Another third is going to say, nope. We want you to take pay your tax today and move it all to Roth mm-hmm. because you'll have a higher, bigger pool of co- tax-deferred compound money down the road that can come out tax-free. And I'm in the middle. I like money on both sides. I want a tax deduction today because that helps my taxes today, Chris, that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize the power of tax-free income in retirement years. So think about this for a second. Let's, let's just make it a perfect world. Okay, and we actually got into this discussion right here on the webinar this past Thursday. Let's suppose you're down the road and you're in retirement years and you have 50% of your money that's never been taxed before in your pre-tax retirement accounts and you have 50% of your money that's post-tax on the Roth side. Okay? And income taxes go down in your retirement years. Let's suppose they go down. Yeah. Okay. That's an opportunity. They, they will. They're going to go up and down because yeah, they yeah, do. They yeah. go up and down in a, in a range, okay? They always do. Let's suppose you hit retirement years, and for whatever reason, you find yourself in a lower income tax bracket. That particular year, I would encourage you to take more money out of the pre-tax. Oh, I see. Sure. Because you probably put money in a, in the pre-tax side in a higher tax bracket, and now you're pulling it out in a lower tax bracket. On the flip side of that, let's suppose you hit retirement years and you're a few years in retirement years and all of a sudden the tax code changes. And now taxes go up for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Now I would encourage you to explore taking some money out of the Roth side because you're going to get an even higher tax deduction. If if your tax rate's 20% in retirement and then it moves to 25 and then you start taking money out of the pre-tax Roth side, you just saved yourself 5% in taxes. So that's why I like to have money on both sides because you're always going to have that tax arbitrage conversation. And when people sit down and they take a look at this and they go, that's what you mean by tax allocation? Yes, that's what I mean by the tax allocation strategy. And, again, there's four buckets, and I'm just il- illustrating two of them right here, okay? So, so, so it's very important to really take a look at it, you know. And, and sometimes, you know, like, like young, young uh, professionals starting in, in the workforce today, I encourage them all, put it in the Roth. Pay your tax today, put it in the Roth. As you age through your career, as your income rises, then you're going to be enticed to put more money on the pre-tax side. But, you know, the first several years in, in the workforce, slam as much on the Roth side as you can. And then when taxes become a problem because your income's gone up, then start putting money on the pre-tax side. So, so you really take a look at this. You can save a lot of money in taxes and that translates into a just a superior amount of net money to you. You know, what do you want, a better rate of return or do you want more net money? 
I want more net money, okay? That's what we have to really look at. So what, what about the conversion process? I mean, because you can, you can convert money from one to the other. Is that just like a balancing act later on, or you just kind of look at things on both sides? Or how do you – why you would mean, you convert? Like in, in retirement when you want to convert? Well, yeah. Why would you convert from a, from a traditional to a Roth um, based on – why would you do that if you already Pe- got – People are going to convert mainly for two reasons. There's two reasons that people are going to convert from traditional-type IRAs, pre-tax – to the Roth IRAs, okay? And that is because later in life, they want to enjoy some tax-free income, Mm -hmm. and they want to pass assets on to their heirs tax-free. Oh, that's a good one. So each time you convert, you carry, there's what what they call ordering rules. You have have a five-year rule, okay? So so let's suppose you're 60 years old and you convert $20,000. You got to pay taxes on that $20,000 now, right? Okay, all right? But at the same time, when you're 65, that 5000 and the earnings on that will be able to come out tax-free to you. So what people end up doing is they do series of little conversions so that when they're in their, you know, basically 75 and older, gotcha. they can okay. enjoy some tax-free income is what we usually see. And pass, some, pass some, some non-tax infected stuff onto their, their kids. And then you can get to pass the assets onto yeah, your heirs sense. tax-free as well. That's exactly correct. Yeah. So. So there's a lot involved with all of this, and then you can you can also take a look at at, at other vehicles and other and other strategies and stuff, you know, um, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna be rolling out another Roth IRA conversion stuff with all of these enhancements that the Secure Act 2.0 uh, brought to the table. So stay tuned for that. We're probably gonna be doing our next our next uh, market update and, and webinar. Uh, educational webinar probably the third or maybe fourth week in February coming up. So stay tuned for that information. It'll come up on our website here pretty soon. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. Hey, give us a call this morning with any of your financial planning or investment questions. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in to talk to Larry, you can do so right now at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. 
Larry Rosenthal is here in studio taking your phone calls. Again, that number, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Another part of tax allocation planning, Chris, in retirement years is life insurance. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Life insurance. What do you mean by that? Well, well, we get this question a lot. You know, Larry, what do I do with my old life insurance policies? I don't need them anymore. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. You know, maybe your 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 kids are grown and gone. Maybe your mortgage, you know, you, you don't have as much debt. Whatever the case may be as far as that goes. Um, a lot of times you can contact your insurance company if it's a permanent type of a policy, you know, one that has cash value in it. You can contact the insurance company and say, hey, can I stop making payments? And this thing could be paid up. So explore that because now you're still just going to pass that asset on income tax-free to your heirs, okay? Uh, so so um, another thing, too, in, in, in moving assets tax-free to the next generation is the purchase of a new insurance policy. You know, one of, the, one of the, the, the uses of life insurance is to create an immediate estate. You know, a lot of times people will buy it because, you know, hey, I love my family. We need to protect while you're growing the family and all that kind of stuff. But then another reason why people will buy life insurance, you know, especially later in life, in their retirement years. Wait, wait, wait. You can buy life insurance when you get older? You can. Really? Yes, you I can would think that you'd want to buy it earlier because it probably is cheaper, right? Yeah, you want to buy it as early as you can because it is a lot less expensive. That's for sure, right? But mm-hmm. I, but, but in, in part of, uh, you know, estate planning and things like that. People will purchase life insurance in their 60s and 70s wow. because they want they recognize and they go, so, you know, this is the scenario. This is the tax situation if I go and I move money to my heirs, right? Uh, you know, when you're in heaven and you're done with it, how does the money go? You know, so, so a lot of people will say, you know what, let me just take a little bit of earnings out of my investments each year and go buy an insurance policy. And now they get another four, five hundred thousand million dollars, whatever it may be, and that asset also passes on to their heirs completely tax free. You know, so think about that, Chris, for a second. You've got you've got an investment and, and let's say let's say you you know it's 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 earning whatever, five percent interest or whatever it is, and you take one percent of that interest out each year and you move it into a, a wealth strategy, a wealth replacement strategy that's going to generate an insurance policy to go to your heirs tax-free. It doesn't cost you anything in your monthly budget by any means at all, okay? And your financial plan still works with the whole thing, and it's just a way that you can say, you know what, yes, I'm past the stage of life where I've got to protect the family income and debts and things like that, but now I'm at the stage in life where I recognize I've saved up a lot of money, and how's the tax man going to hit this stuff when it goes to the kids or the grandkids and things like that? You can also use charitable giving techniques in the, in, in, involved in the tax code as well. So there's a lot involved, and, and, and this is one of the most overlooked pieces of a financial plan, is how to do what we call net planning, planning from a net perspective. What's the net dollar that goes into your pocket during retirement years, and what's the net after-tax dollar that goes to your beneficiaries and your heirs and things like that? And there are ways that you can enhance that whole thing and keep things tax-free. You know, it's funny. You know, you, you hear about the wealthy generation after generation. They, they, you know, are they working? What are they doing? They're, they're you know, what are, what are they doing, right? And part of it is they're using these some of these types of techniques to pass assets on from one generation down to the next generation and they continue to do so ta- in a tax-free manner, very tax-efficient when you, when you look at it all. 
It makes perfect sense to me. It does, and, and you know, you, you you take a look to it at one of the one of the, there's there's nine nine basic reasons why people fail financially in retirement, and one of them is to understand and and and, and apply our tax laws. Oh, I can imagine, sure. How to understand and apply our tax laws? That's exactly right. You know, the, the, the IRS is they're not going to call you back up and go, well, if you had done this, this is what would have <laughs> happened. You know, and maybe you should be looking at doing this, right? Okay, it's a no. very complicated code. <laughs> yeah, well, they have enough IRS agents now. Maybe they'll have a few that could call you on the phone, but I doubt it. They could. I could. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, but but you know that that is, that is a thing. You know, the 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 in in the list of nine reasons why people fail in retirement, one of them again is understanding uh, understanding the use and how to apply our tax laws. You know, uh, another thing too is neglecting their estates, neglecting the estate planning. Because the benefit, when, when assets transfer from one generation to the next generation, that's the easiest person to tax, the person mm-hmm. who's in heaven, right? They can't say anything back to you about it, right? So <laughs> It'd be kind of strange on, if they could. <laughs> yep, passing assets on. And we've seen some, some, some changes, some unfavorable changes in the SECURE Act 1, okay, that passed in 2019. Uh, when it comes to you know eliminating the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA for a lot of people, mm-hmm. now now when you're passing your your pre-tax retirement plan on your your length of of distribution capability to your heirs has been squashed down to ten years where it used to be as long as eighty two point four years, mm, wow. and so that creates a large amount of money coming out having to pay tax in a much shorter period of time. So understanding and applying your the tax laws as it relates to your estate planning is vitally important, okay? I've got a kit here. It's called Basics in Estate Planning. You know, I'm looking at some of it here. Basics in Estate Planning, uh, we have sent out tons of these over the years. Every you know, A lot of times when I bring this up, if you want to get a copy of it, we'll be happy to send it out to you. It's in a PDF form. It's called Basics in Estate Planning. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE123, or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and we'll be happy to send you out basics in estate planning as far as that goes. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eat a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. Well, Larry, it looks like our timing was a little messed up here this morning. Sorry about that. It looks like we're, we're almost out of time. I see that. We had a little technical glitch. 
Yep, well, we did. Hey. We did. We're on our way out here. So here I we... see. I see. Okay. We have no idea how much time's <laughs> left, but we'll figure something out, right? <laughs> but we're in our 60 seconds here. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for everybody listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube, on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. More than happy to uh, answer questions here. Give us a call during the week at 855-ROSE-123. And if you want a copy of that estate planning kit, reach out to us. We'll be happy to send it out to you. So for Chris, and, uh, for Chris McKay and Bob in the back answering the phones, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.